This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Welcome to episode 85 of Talking Dirty. Over at East Ruston, old vicarage, a vision of sunshine himself is Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. And you're looking lovely and leafy and nourished, Miss Thought is Maria Sophia Fredrickson with your wonderful <laughs> smile. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. We are smiling because we're welcoming some of our favourites back to Talking Dirty. It's been a while since we caught up with Sue and Bletham Wynne-Jones of the fabulous and inimitable Creek Farm plants. And we join you at rather a good week because, Sue, you've just had a fabulous birthday celebration. Yeah, I reached the big 7-0 yesterday. <laughs> You're looking pretty fantastic, on oh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how does a big birthday celebration shape up at Creek? Well, we had a quiet event. Um, you know, there's too much going on at the moment, but it was lovely. It was very special. I had special friends, so very nice evening. Some fine wood, food and some very fine wine, so it was lovely. <laughs> I quite like combining them, just to sort of find woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, do you kind of treat yourself to, I don't know, a relaxing moment in the garden or a walk somewhere, or is it all just action, action until dinner? Well, had you been here last night, we had, <laughs> we had gales and torrential rain and we actually had to light a fire. So <laughs> Free irrigation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had planned champagne on the lawn, but it just, it didn't happen, unfortunately. <laughs> Mind you, I mean, a little bit of rain. It's been nice to have a few showers after a, a very dry spring. Oh, that was a really good yeah, dollop we, last we've, night, it? It's been very, very dry here. Very dry. But it seems to be the norm these days. We seem to be having lots of dry springs. Yeah. Exactly. We have here in, in East Norfolk, northeast Norfolk, we've had, well, and it happened on uh, Monday. We had 0.1 of an inch. And that's all we've had in the last six weeks. Good oh. Lord. Yeah. Well, maybe you've got deeper soil than us, but we're, we're starting to lose trees even at this time of year. Yeah, well, we haven't, okay. I haven't noticed anything serious yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Mm. Well, apart from the, the trials and tribulations of rainfall or lack thereof, um, <laughs> how, how has life treated you since we last caught up? We were hoping to Wales, we a winter show and tell, but time always gets away from us. We're always yeah. so busy. But I mean, it looks like your show and tell is resplendent. We've got, we've got plenty to show today. Yeah. And uh, well, we've got through COVID. We're, we're fully recovered. So onwards and upwards. <laughs> Yeah, people don't hear all the stuff behind the scenes. There have been times when we wanted to catch up with you, but there have been storms. I know. COVID has struck you down. Fingers yeah. crossed. All yeah. of that behind us now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you like to kick us off with, show and tell wise? Um, I thought I'd start with something I've cut from the garden. Um, oh. A Jersey podophyllum. I'm sure everybody's familiar with that. But this is one I found, we found, God, excuse me, in the north of Honshu on one of our trips. And this is the colour the leaves come out. They keep this for about a month. We call it Creed Colossus. Uh, it's a Jersey Pope. <laughs> uh, and the reason we call it Colossus is because it goes enormous. The leaves are at least a metre across when they're fully expanded. Amazing. 
This is just a, a young emerging one. And it's, you know, if you're listening to the audio version, this colour it holds on to for a month is a really deep, rich, plummy kind of colour. It looks like there's an eye sheen to the leaves as well. Yeah, yeah it's quite mahogany. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of red in it. I, certainly what I can see on the screen has got more blue in it there than it normally has. Uh, but the, the other thing about that we found with um, our wild collected Red Jersey podophyllums is that they flower. There's not many forms that you'll see in cultivation that flower. We've, we've got two collections in addition to this one. Um, notice this is throwing plenty of flowers up as well. That we see as, as many flowers as any other Regersia. And I think this, this species is well known for not flowering, especially in a garden. So win-win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that one's getting a bit of a wilt now. Um, uh, and the other thing I... Took a snippet of. You'll recognise this, of course. <laughs> Echinidia? Yes. Yeah. Colomicta. Just starting to uh, turn pink Yeah. Uh, in this part of the country. But what, what, you, what you buy in a garden centre won't have these flowers on them. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. I can, yeah. Well, I used to have a form of that many years ago that used to flower very well. Hmm. And then we changed that area of garden. It got lost, and so I don't know what happened to it, but... Well, yeah, they all flower well, as long as they're not um, too dense. But uh, the fruit is starting to form on this already. Oh, gosh. But what, you've, what you find in the garden centre, they're all male, which is ridiculous. Ah! I remember reading this up oh, several years ago now. It, it was introduced in, was it 1825 or was it 1850? I can't remember off the top of my head. From Sakhalin, which is now part of Russia. Uh, north of uh, all the Japanese islands. It used to be included in uh, Japan in those days. It's part of Japan. So really bone hardy, and it, it was imported for the fruit. Really? And, yes. Uh, yeah, and it was grown in, in gardens in this country for, for fruit uh, for Is years. Is the fruit actually like a Chinese gooseberry then? Yes, it's, 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 it's a small fruit. Um, and it's ripe at the end of August. It's the first one to ripen. Uh, uh, you don't see much of it because it doesn't travel very well. They're, they're quite soft. Which is why you won't see it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a lovely thing to have in the garden, and it's the really sweet um, fruit to it. Do you need a pollinator? Well, the, um, what, what we did uh, was to go out and collect our own fruit from the wild and then select a male and a female. I see. And the female's called Tomoko, after a great Japanese friend of ours. <laughs> And, and we also have a male clone. And what's he called? Yeah, Yamazaki. Yamazaki? Yeah. yeah, he lives in uh, Yakushima Island. Tomoko <laughs> <laughs> and Yamazaki. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the other thing is that um, I noticed the RHS actually put um, uh, a photograph of uh, Actinidia columicta on, on the front of one of their magazines. I can't remember if it was the garden or the, the plantsman, as it was called at those times. But the, the caption read, only suitable for south-facing walls. <laughs> and it's from Sacklin. It's minus 20 in its stride. Oh, dear. Oh, it's not minus 30, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's that old adage again, isn't it? Plants can't read books. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the stupid people that write therein. Yeah. So <laughs> do you want to carry on the climate theme? Right. Oh, so, so I bought... Uh, we, we do an awful lot with aerial rooting climbers. I mean, climbers is one of our things. 
basically because we had a such an old garden, there was loads of places for climbers and on much else. One of the things I discovered with aerial routing climbers, that it's very difficult to get them to stick to the walls, to climb up the walls. And uh, a chap who was working here at the time said, well, I haven't you tried this system? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit complicated to explain. You like that. So you might get bored. You might fall asleep by the time I've finished. <laughs> well, I always recommend getting the plant like this rather than on a stick. Yep. Um, it, it's fine leaving, having them growing on a stick um, to keep them uh, out of trouble. They snap quite easily. They're fairly uh, flimsy. Uh, um, what we do is we get a plant like this, dig a hole, obviously, for the roots, and then um, you plant it... 30 centimetres away from the walls, you want to keep metric. Parallel to the wall. No, no, the, the actual roots, yeah, yeah, uh, main yeah. roots. Yeah, and then you run these long stems parallel to the wall, at, at least 15 centimetres away from the wall. And you bury them. So peg and them down. Bury them. No, no, don't peg them down. You bury them. Right. You just have the growing tips, the tiny leaves here. Yeah. Uh, sticking out of the ground. So they can photosynthesize. Then what you'll find is, like you see ivy growing in a forest, that's what you're trying to mimic. They will send up a shoot and it'll creep along the ground. And you'll get what I call terrestrial roots from those. And as soon as it hits the wall, it gets aerial roots and it goes up like a rocket. I, I reckon you can uh, save a minimum of three years by doing that. Oh, that's terrific. Um, yeah. We it's, put, a, it's a really good tip, actually. Yeah. yeah. We we put in um, skies of fragma integrifolia. Mm. I don't know whether you've planted that. Yeah. Yeah. Hydrangea um, relative. Yeah. It's got. It's quite notorious of being slow. Yeah. Well, three years. We it was up twenty foot wall. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know you put the work in at the beginning and it re, it's very rewarding. What an amazing tip! Yeah. I feel jaws on floors <laughs> from our right. talking dirty viewers. And, and, I, and not one of us went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also works with parthenocystis, anything that's aerial rooting. It's a really, so, good, it's a really good tip because they look so ugly on a little stick, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, if you put them on a stick, the mm. wind, any yeah. breeze will just sort of mm. uh, move it sideways and it won't be able to stick. But you've got to get it growing along the ground first. And they, they know where the walls are. Don't worry about that. Um, they, they can sniff them out. Uh, well, it's natural instinct, isn't it? I mean, it's looking yeah. for something vertical. Yeah. That is um, you, you think they've got eyes sometimes. There they are. They go straight for the wall. Never had a problem with that. And, and then you've got your, the base of your plant is at, at least a metre or even two metres if you uh, go to the trouble of growing it uh, long first. Levin, what's the name of the plant you're holding? Ah, that was the next one. <laughs> <laughs> my, my next bit. Uh, this particular climbing hydrangea is endemic to an island called Ulundo in Korea. It's almost up into North Korea. It's about 80 kilometres offshore. And it is called uh, Petillaris, but variety Megalophila. And everything is mega on it. Yep. The foliage is larger. The plant is larger and the inflorescences are larger, which is uh, why we collected it. Mm. This sounds like an Alan Gray plant. 
<laughs> and it's good for south, uh, sorry, for north-facing north walls because you're virtually on the northern limit um, of this particular species, Hydrangea petiolaris. Yeah, so we've got it on the, on the outside the office. So we've got it on the north-facing north wall. There's also a wonderful sky, a fragment from the same island. But um, yeah, we're a bit slow on uh, being able to reproduce that. What a stunner. So, yeah, I, I saw Alan's face light up. He does like larger, larger um, things. Uh, this is just an ordinary one, isn't it? Or was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah this is just ordinary pixelaris. So you can see that the difference in yeah. size of foliage. Yes. Now, now, this is a seedling. Now, juvenile foliage is always a lot smaller. And this is what we see, again, we see it in the wild. The same as ivy. Um, if the, these stems um, have evolved to grow along the ground first, as I was saying. So that, then you'll get a branch going that way and a branch going that way, and you'll get a metre sheet going up the wall rather than a single stem. Yeah. You know, you, you, you might get 20 stems out of something like that. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you've got 20 plants on the go. These are those moments that I feel like Talking Dirty exists for, these revelations that can ah, make such a difference. Talk, <laughs> well, that, I think this is... Um, Who's next? It, it would be wise to go on to this with the planting of this one. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll, I'll have to send you a photograph of uh, how we've planted this. I've been experimenting with um, dry shade. Yeah. And this, this is a, an evergreen polygonatum that we find in... Uh, Vietnam, uh, which I can never pronounce properly, Mentensiensi. <laughs> and this form is former Tonkinensis because it has uh, dark stems. Purple. I don't know if you can see the yeah. coloration. Um, and the flowers will even turn uh, quite reddish as well. This is last year's stem, still there. A lot of the plants that we've got in the ground have still got the fruit on them. This has been grown inside, of course. So uh, it's a bit more advanced. It's dropped its fruit. So, but it's, it's wonderful. You've got the flowers and the current here, and you'll get the fruit from the previous year. It's a really good combination. And a lovely dark flush, like you said, to the new mm -hmm. foliage, is it? Yeah. And, and, and the usual beautiful arching habit as well. It's really pretty. Do you ever take the fruits off your plants, such as the ones you're holding, and sow the seed? Yes, but we've, uh, we've built up our stocks quite well now. But the, the, the trouble is, I mean, um, polygonatum seed, you're talking about the uh, best part of 10 years by the time you've oh. got a decent plant. Yeah. Wow. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're epiphytes, especially this particular, the former Tonkinensis. And they, they grow up uh, to the, almost to the summit of Phan Di Pan, which is the highest mountain uh, in northern Vietnam, which is well over 3,000 metres. Uh, and that uh, makes it hardy virtually anywhere in this country, because uh, even in Sapa, which is the town at the base of the mountain at 1,600, that gets minus eight um, quite regularly nowadays. So mm -hmm. as soon as you go up the mountain, you're into quite cold areas during the winter. It, it, it is an area that's undergone glaciation. Um, right. So there... Um, that the hardiness is in the genes of all of these plants that we find in that area, which is why it's proving to be such a good area. So <laughs> I'll eventually get round to it, how to plant the damn things. <laughs> as, as I said, they're, they're epiphytes. So it, when, when you see them growing on uh, tree branches, 
the whole rhizomes out the ground. It's not, it's, it's not buried at all. So I'm trying to mimic that. For instance, we are part, planting them right at the base of beech trees. We've got enormous beech trees here, and they're flourishing there. They just need a, a small pocket of soil to get enough moisture in the spring when they're growing to form, that's all. And they're working really well. And I've also got them on um, uh, old railway sleepers. And then I put slates behind. So the rhizome is on the sleeper and there's a, um, a break in the slate. So the roots can go through into the soil behind. Uh, and that perfectly happy. Amazing. Yeah. Plants are growing like that. Um, and it, there's several species that's worth trying like that. Uh, a lot of them are, are quite tropical. Uh, the, yeah, these green forms uh, we also find, they're, 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 they'll be slightly lower altitude, but they're, they're equally as good. Not, maybe not quite as hardy for the, uh, the coldest areas, but um, there's plenty hardy enough here, everywhere. Uh, I've yet to lose one of these in the garden. And we, we do find these growing terrestrially as well. Obviously, with deforestation, they have to adapt, don't they? Yeah. I mean, absolutely beautiful. That the I mean, that's got really large arching stems as well. Really, really beautiful that one. I've got some. I've got some larger forms here. And and I find that uh, when you plant them out, they're getting larger and larger. Um, The small one there with the coloured foliage showing. Some of those uh, are now meat at all. Oh wow! Mm, Great. Um, because they seem to be much happier outside than they are uh, under protection. I can't remember how I've shown this one to you before. You can see it's a, it's a fairly tall plant. Uh, Dysperopsis. I don't know uh, if everybody knows the difference between Dysperopsis and Polygonatums. Please tell us. Uh, well, Dysperopsis are, are, are all evergreen as opposed to some are evergreen. The, there's, a, there's a slight difference in the flowers. Uh, I probably can't show you uh, in close enough. Oh, yeah, you can just about see it there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, inside the flower is what they call a corolla. Yeah. The crown. You see, my Welsh comes in handy there. We call it coron, you see, in Welsh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a corolla inside it. Uh, a polygonatum doesn't have that. It, it just has the, the sort of bell flower there in a polygonatum. Anyway, uh, and this particular one um, is, again, from the same mountain. We found it... It was uh, 2006, 2007, up there. Uh, they seem to like moist areas. Um, I haven't noticed that they require a lot of moisture in, uh, in the garden, uh, but we've seen them growing quite wet places. This will make a, a metre tall. So it's, it's quite um, a large species. And the, the rhizomes, which I can't show you because they're in here, <laughs> are very distinct. They're described in the floor as being like a string of beads. <laughs> so they uh, fluctuate in, in the uh, thickness, in other words, They're quite rounded. And there's only a couple of species of Dysperopsis that do that. So you can be 100% sure of the identity of this mm. particular plant. But again, they're evergreen, so... You, know, oh, you, you bought the one that uh, you see a lot in. Yeah. Per, this is pernii. Yes, it's in picture. You can't see it very well. You've got the, stuff behind. I know. We've, we've got lots of others, but they're not flowering just yet. It's a bit early. Yeah, mm. pernii. Now, to me, uh, pernii get, gets rather a bad reputation for Dysperopsis. 
we've planted it out in the garden next to other species and the slugs can actually pick them out. <laughs> uh, it's like caviar to them. Uh, unless you've got them somewhere that's really well protected from slugs. We find if we've got a lot of bare ground somewhere, it, it works really well because it's too far for them to go uh, in open ground. But if you mix it in with dense vegetation, um, the slugs will have them in no time. Mm. It's amazing how, how they can pick them out. It is amazing. This happens to my little um, violet, the like, freckles. Yeah. That seems to be like caviar in my garden. Yeah. When I go out on slug watch, you'll have at least five slugs trying to devour it. Yeah, and I haven't seen many of the other ones getting hit by slugs. No. In fact, we've had quite a few designers around recently and mm. we've gone into the woods and Bladen's mentioned Diasporopsis to me, oh, not interested in Diasporopsis. And we go into the woods and we've got large clumps of them and they go running up to us and say, oh, I like this. And we well, that's a good <laughs> 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 What's this called? Diasporopsis, won't you? <laughs> okay. Should we do a Diasporum or do you want to... Um... Um, should we try Roscoe here? Many people shown um, Roscoeas. You familiar with them? I'm yes. familiar with them, but not at this time of the year. Well, these are the only ones that are flowering at the moment. Right, Cortioides. Mm. Uh, yeah. It is about the earliest one to start flowering. Has that been undercover then? Then no, 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 no. They're no. out in the bays. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh. We've got several of them. Uh, a lot of them are named. What's it? We've got Rainier. Yeah. And. Thomas. Jeffrey Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Is it Jeffrey Thomas that has the very pale, uh, almost white mm. flowers? They're out now for us, and it's a larger flower. Uh, and then they're they're very promiscuous, so it's it's hybridised. I think this is with yeah Australis, oh. which is um I don't know that that's quite a late flowering Australis. So I don't know how, how that's happened. Uh, but yeah, we we've had uh, a nice patch of this come up. And it's um, yeah, it's quite it's a different colour. Is that two tone? It's hard hard to yes, see. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the top there is uh, much paler. So a sort of pale lilac top and then a darker purple bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these are the only two that are flowering at the moment. But you know, um, you'll get lots. Well, this has got cortioides yeah. in it. Yeah. So, yeah. As well as being they, promiscuous, they, do they self seed incontinently? They will. They will. Yes. And, yeah, and this is the trouble. We, we've, we've got beds um, out in our fields. Um, yeah. I marked out uh, an acre patch once upon a time for putting a lot of these gingers in. Got our propagator at the time to collect the seed off each one and then bulk them up uh, in order to be able to put them back into the beds again. But she mixed up the labels, didn't she? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, we, not been able to um, sort them out since. Times 57. <laughs> Which is why we're getting hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's a matter of opinion whether that's good or bad. This is a great little saxifrage. Um, evergreen will tolerate exceptionally dry conditions. And it just forms a mat and lovely little white flowers. Oh. Saxifraga hirsuta. It's a really good doer. Evergreen foliage, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. On this, uh, a bit like a London pride. Yeah. In it, fact, um, somebody's using it in Chelsea. Are they? Yeah, Charlie's okay. using it. Yeah. We we were given it. Uh, Philip Brown, wasn't he? Yeah. From... Uh, he, he used to look after the gardens. He was the garden manager. Uh, Port Marion Gardens. Yeah. 
he did a lot in that garden. Um, really did a good job on it. Unfortunately, Philip's died now. Um, gone to this garden in the sky somewhere, knowing him. He was really keen. He used to um, be in the, in the Botanic Gardens Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was a, like a, a skimmier. Did a lot of work with skimmia. Yeah. So he got me going with skimmias as well. <laughs> really interesting man. I do love um, how not only, I mean, obviously a lot of us like to um, have associations with people and memories of plants, but I'm always astonished by you not only remembering the plant and the maybe the people who gave it to you, but the places, the year you collected it, the altitude. It's a whole other level of memory that I don't think I'd be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> there are well, one, they're, they're like two cards, you know. Yeah, one or two that stick for me, but not as not as many as Blevin. <laughs> uh, this one I got uh, on my last trip uh, in Vietnam. I, I don't know if you can make out. It's a it's a Mahonia. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. familiar with Mahonias. But you see the, the tiny leaves on it. Uh, it's, it's like a little palm tree, and there's nothing <laughs> spiny about it. I was going to say, is it prickly? No, not. <laughs> um, yeah, there's one one spine which isn't particularly sharp on the tip. That's all. And it, it's a it's a very small species. Well, would it be meter meter and a half? What uh, what I found in the wild, uh, and had a huge head of uh, fruit on it. So, ooh, that's that's a gift, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, and they're doing very well for us. Roy Lancaster did write it up uh, in one of the magazines. Could eat it. He loves Mahonias. He's absolutely bonkers about them. The plant he tried wasn't that hardy. So um, I've yet to put one outside. Um, they seem to be fine what they've had so far. Has it flowered yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah, look, the usual long um, impresses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, racemes of uh, yellow flowers. Yeah. <laughs> and a nice scent to, the, to boot. Um, oh, here we are. One for you to talk about, dear. Well, with the Jubilee coming up, I thought little geranium, sanguinium, Jubilee pink. <laughs> it's looking a little bit washed out after last night's rain, but you'll get continuous flowering for right through the summer, really. Great little plant. Well, natives, aren't they? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we see it growing all over Anglesey. What oh. did you call it again? Jubilee pink. Jubilee pink. <laughs> geranium, sanguinium, Jubilee, Jubilee pink. pink. Yeah, we yeah. got that bit. Good. That's lovely. We do love a good doer, particularly in a small garden. I love a plant yeah, that will perform. Yeah. You're going to have uh, regurgias again. Hey. You've got these things. Oh, this is, I, I can't remember if we've uh, featured this one before. No, I, I, I can give the history of this one as well if you want. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I love it. It's like a journey back in time around the world. We get all of it. Um, uh, yeah, there's not much relief on this yet. No, it's, they're all just starting to. Uh, this show. is Nepalensi. You don't see an awful lot of it uh, in cultivation. But again, uh, Sue mentioned earlier, we, we get lots of designers coming through here. And what, once you see this fully grown, they're knocked over by it. Oh, it, it is fantastic. It, it is very different mm. uh, from the other species. I found this growing at, it was over 3,000 metres uh, on the border of Nepal uh, with Tibet, a really cold area. And it, it was quite wet. Now, the plants, just the foliage, were two metres tall. Ooh. And, and the huge leaves. So, I mean, you can, you can really, you know, if you go to town on something like this, you can get some wonderful looking plants. Mm. It's quite a greenish 
greenish yellow inflorescence on it. Levin, when you say go to town, could you put that well, into feeding the, loads of humus in in the ground and plenty of moisture? Right. I mean, th this was growing in running water virtually. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the wild, it's not good for somebody with a nineteen feet water table then. And <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you some old plastic for a sheet to go underneath it. If you want. <laughs> Mind you, Alan, you did say you wanted to create some sort of stream, so maybe uh, you just need mm -hmm. to go big. Well, it's good way of recycling plastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 wonderful foliage. I mean, yeah, lovely pinnate leaves again. Now then, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I got this from uh, Sichuan, China, of course. Now, th this would have been growing with uh, Elysium simonsii. Yeah, uh, and a lovely um, geranium that hardly anybody knows, called uh, Christensonianum. Have you come across that? No. It's, it's a bit like um, a white flowering uh, geranium procurans. Right. Yeah. So a, a, a scrambling yep. species. Late, late flowering. Uh, very late. Yeah. It, it starts around about August, September. Yeah, but it's lovely. Uh, and it goes on till Christmas. Christmas. Well, that's very useful because our autumns are becoming more benign, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it, it'll t it'll take the cold. That's not a problem coming from the altitude it does. Yeah. It, uh, it, and it was growing on um, what, almost sh what they call schist. You know, it's loads of uh, broken down rock. Yeah. Like um, yeah, a, a very steep ground. Um, yeah, that, that's where the um, Elysium, Elysium simonsi ivy grown it. I've got an Elysium, but I don't know which one it is. It's the yellow one. Yellow. No, mine is cream. Okay. Well, yeah, could well be. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I think yeah. that the coloration is it's somewhat climatic. Yeah. It came from you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, could, uh, you've probably got Simonsii then, unless you've had it recently and it's McCrown. No, it's about six, seven years ago. Oh, it'll be Simonsii. Right. Yeah. Be yeah they, for us, they start flowering in mm. February. Right. Uh, and it can have a wonderful scent, although it... I can't say the scent was that good on them this year, yeah. but uh, normally um, it's got a wonderful scent, especially when you uh, get into March. Yeah. You need to cite them in a little bit of sun to get that scent them. Yeah. Now, yeah, Sambuki folium. Yes, um, I had a boffin coming here. I didn't mention any names. Um, uh, on Regersius. It, it can't be uh, Regersius Sambuki folium. You can always tell Sambusi Folium, it has 11 leaflets. Yeah. And he started to count them. And then all of a sudden he got to 11 and he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we grow this, you'll be interested to know, in very dry. Hey. It, it, we've mm. got it on solid slate. Oh, in fact, I posted a picture the other week on right. Instagram. Yeah, and people on, and showed it growing on. Slate very, chipping. Yeah, very dry. Yeah. Um, we had we had a fire here. Um, there's an old barn burnt down, uh, um, and the biggest problem was to get rid of the old slate roof. So we just bulldozed it all to one side, and it's a big heap, and we planted this all over it. <laughs> and it thrives in it. But if it does get really hot uh, and dry, it, it can suffer. So it's best maybe in a part shade in it. That's great cardinal. Well, Street Cardinals is a panata that's um, it's very similar to panata superb. Uh, but yeah, it, oh, it's darker, isn't it? 
Um, that's another one that we selected really early on. It's, it's not one of our collections. It's a, a selection from cultivation. No flowers. I don't know. We're missing flowers today. We've just talked about Elysium, Sue. While, while we're on the subject, it's right in the back, I'm afraid. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's a Vietnamese species. That, and, we, and we've got loads of collections of it. You see it all over that northern part of uh, Vietnam. I don't know if I can get it in here. It's like a Christmas oh. tree at the moment. Oh, look. Gorgeous. Merylianum. It's very, very variable. Lovely uh, plant. Always flowers in time for Chelsea. <laughs> we managed to show a, a decent plant of it on our stand there one year. I like that. That's lovely. Red. The, the, the different collections we've got, some of them open quite wide, others are stay tightly closed. But it, it's a, well, it's, it's a very primitive, uh, it, talking evolutionary terms, uh, plant. This used to be in the same family as Shizandra, yeah, Kadzura, um, and even Magnolia. They're closer. Yeah, yeah. All the, all these are quite primitive plants, although not very primitive because they do have. Do you call them sepals on these or petals? I can't right, remember. So we'll do a few flowers. Oops. I mean that one. You said it looked like a Christmas tree, and for if you're listening to the audio version, it's because it has all these from a distance. They look like little red baubles. Yeah, yeah. They're marvelous. Yeah, and then you'll end up with the um, the star-shaped uh, seed heads afterwards. Oh. Star anise is, uh, is an Elysium. I managed to collect that once as well, but it's it's quite tropical. One has to be careful not to use, not to be tempted to use uh, any of the other species, though, um, because they're all poisonous. <laughs> uh, apart oh, from you. the the one, the the star anise, <laughs> uh, which, as I said, is quite tropical. I've got a couple of seedlings on the go here but it's very slow because we're not hot enough for it mm. um found it growing in these uh, lower elevation in more on the coastal areas of uh, vietnam uh, this is euphorbia donii this seems to be about 101 species from the himalayas they look very similar <laughs> a, i i love this acidic green yeah yeah it's such a great foil at this time of year yeah. i mean walking yeah. around east ruston you get that similar kick from smyrnium yeah. And the foliatum, and it's just absolutely perfect to offset ah, all the plants. That disappeared here for us. I, c I couldn't get it going. Well, never go to East Ruston because you'll be so jealous. It's everywhere. Oh, it must be the heat. <laughs> I, you, you see, got the red stems as well, and that's lovely. Oh, gosh, coming thick and fast now. <laughs> well, who we got? Ah, I'm sure everybody will be familiar with this one. Lavellii. What's the other species? Well, Rivellaris. Yeah, very similar. Um, you've, got, you've got these coloured backs mm. yeah. to, the, to the flowers. These are all coming up all over the place here. Oh. Again, it, it's, it's fairly variable. I've got collections of this as well found in China. Some of them uh, enormous white ones. Oops, we're swapping flowers again. Back <laughs> to Woody. I'm sure you recognise this as a, a Styrax. Yeah, snowdrop tree. Yeah. Um, this is one of the forms of uh, Fumasana. So that's from um, the species that, uh, well, the main species that grows on Taiwan. And our japonica is about to come and it's laid yeah. with flowers. Our japonica, Starex japonica, does really well here. It's got such a sort of magical fairy-like quality about oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it, it is incredible to stand underneath it. It just looks absolutely fantastic. Who was here the other day? They said that uh, they, they're growing Starex japonica and it, it 
It's never flowered for them. I mean, ours are absolutely smothered in white yeah. flowers. I, I, it might need a bit of uh, sunflower. I was going to mention my anthems. That, uh, unfortunately, most of them have finished. Of uh, uh, this, lot yeah. of my anthems have finished so far. Um, the, we can get some enormous ones. It's one of the Central American species. Which one is that? Afsalvinia is the, the best name that we can get come up with on, for it. Um, we've well. got Salvinia. What, what's the other one? That uh, Flexuosa is another one. But it, Flexuosa differs uh, to the this stem that runs through the inflorescence. is zigzagged on. Um, That's a very graceful-looking plant, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've exhibited quite a few of forms of these in uh, the London shows over the years. Uh, they've done very well. But as some of the species uh, have enormous uh, inflorescences on them. Yeah. <laughs> but what surprised us was, I mean, we, um, our main expedition to go and find them was in um, two, 2004, mm. wasn't it? Central America. Panama. Uh, uh, we started off in Mexico and, went, and all the way down to Panama. I mean, in Panama, we were finding two-metre-tall plants growing as epiphytes. So 20 meters up in the trees. <laughs> Unbelievable. They're just hanging there. You can imagine the, imagine the job we were getting to collect the seed <laughs> off them. <laughs> Guatemala too. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing was that by the time we got through all, all of them, um, that was our second trip to do it. Uh, but the, the main collections were on, on the second trip. Uh, it, we got uh, nearly sort of 35, I think it was, different species and varieties uh, of myanthemum. Whereas previous to that, textbooks were telling us that there's only two species in the Americas. <laughs> so where does that want to be in the garden? Well, I've got it growing in very steep shade. So it, it wants, uh, it wants some overhead protection mm. so it doesn't freeze too hard in the winter. So it, we're actually growing under yew trees. But it's, it's quite nice to have it raised on a bank so you can look it up to it. Hey, Fordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.